Thank you, worship team, for leading us, and uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, I want to encourage you before we get rolling uh, this morning uh, to go to a great church, to go to a great church. Uh, some of you are going, well, what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying that, you know, you need to come back here? Yes, possibly. Uh, I, I want to tell you this, that some of you say, well, you know, I'm just visiting, and so it's too far for me to go, or maybe... Uh, my family just drug me here or dragged or drugged uh, me to come here. Uh, any of those things. I, I want to tell you, uh, I want to encourage you to go to a great church, to find a great church and become a part of it. Uh, life's too difficult today uh, to try to do it without Jesus. And I know this one thing for certain, that eternity uh, is not something you want to face without Jesus, uh, that this, uh, what we do here week in and week out, uh, we seek to hear from God, uh, we are in relationship with uh, Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, and I want to encourage you to go to a great church that will encourage you and have other believers around you uh, to walk through life with. Uh, some of you are saying, well, I don't really like this church, I'm just here because, you know, it's Easter and everything. Hey, no offense taken. Uh, sometimes I don't like this church either, and I'm the pastor. Uh, the pastor's got issues and stuff like that. It's okay. It's okay. But find your uh, find a spot uh, for you that you can go and be a part of a great church. Uh, it's so necessary for us in, in this day. Uh, where we are at this church, we are finishing up a, a study in the book of Matthew, and uh, it's exciting. We got to the place at, towards the end. Uh, where we are going to be dealing with the resurrection here this morning. And uh, what a blessing. So we're going to be starting a new study here in a a few weeks. And so I want to encourage you to come and to be a part of that. Um, Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And uh, if you're wondering what we do here every week, we do this every week. We open up God's Word and we uh, seek to hear from Him Matthew chapter 28, if you wouldn't mind standing in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you uh, the first uh, section there uh, that speaks of the resurrection. Chapter 28 of the book of Matthew, starting at verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, uh, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary uh, went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Uh, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Uh, But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. uh, for, For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen. As he said, come and see the place where he lay. Uh, Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, uh, he is going before you to Galilee. Uh, There you will see him. See, I have told you. Uh, So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. 
Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there uh, they will see me. While they were going, uh, behold, some of the of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taking counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell the people his disciples came by night and stole him away uh, while we were asleep. And if it comes to the governor's ear, ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. Uh, so they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. God, we ask your blessing on our time as we look uh, at your word. Help us to be thrilled uh, with the message and the sacrifice of Jesus uh, that we might uh, gain hope for today, uh, whatever's going on in our life. Hope for eternity as well, knowing that it's secure because of what Christ has done. God, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. As we look to God's Word, I, I want to kind of, some of you haven't been here the last few weeks. I'm not really keeping attendance, but uh, uh, the, the last few weeks we have gone from Jesus being arrested, uh, Him being arrested, and what we found out in Matthew's account as he uh, showed us what went on, there was this sense where Jesus was found not guilty, and then He was found not guilty. And then he was found not guilty and not guilty. And then Pilate said, let's crucify him. Uh, a not guilty man, let's crucify him. And uh, the, the crowd demanded it. The crowd demanded it of the governor of that region, demanded that he would be crucified. And so Jesus, an innocent man, was sentenced to crucifixion. And in that, uh, he was beaten. Uh, he was mocked. And uh, he was led up, crown of thorns, you might have remembered that. And then he was nailed to the cross. And we realized that, that, that nailing to the cross was crucifixion. It was a way of killing someone, a public way. And as they nailed him to the cross, and in that time, we looked at the last few weeks, that there was darkness that filled the earth, marking that time as something special in the eyes of the Father that it expressed the darkness of this world and the sin that uh, Jesus was to pay for. And then in that, those moments where Jesus took the penalty of sin and uh, there was an earthquake, there was rocks flying out, there were tombs being opened, and there was this amazing picture of what it is that Jesus worked for sinners, uh, that he did the work that they couldn't do. And one of the things that we've seen in the last few weeks, too, is that uh, as Jesus was crucified, there were these guards doing their job, right? They were going about the crucifixion, Roman guards, and they, they nailed him to the cross. And it says that they uh, sat back and watched to make sure that he would die. Uh, they were making sure that he was dead, that it wasn't going to be that he was just going to suffer, but that he was going to die on that cross. And so they watched until he died. In fact, we looked last week. Uh, that Joseph of Arimathea, uh, that he uh, as a special, he's a follower of Christ and he wanted to bury Jesus. And so when they knew that Jesus was dead, that it was, they were confident 
that Pilate said, sure, you can take the body and go bury the body. And so he took in the special tomb that was carved out of a rock. Uh, they placed him in a tomb and they covered it with this large stone so that no one could get in. And, and the, the religious leaders, they were nervous. They said, oh, no, uh, you know what we need to do? We need to put guards outside so he doesn't take off on us. This man that was dead, okay? We're going to guard a dead man's tomb. And so they didn't just trust the rock, but they sealed it so that no one could co- go in and no one could come out because uh, they were afraid of the dead man doing something. I don't know. Uh, but, but as we come about this passage today, we'll see this again, this idea that there was no way uh, that Jesus uh, could come out of that tomb uh, because he was dead and because it was watched and because it was sealed and because there was a stone. In fact, uh, I want to tell you the thing that stirred in the hearts of these religious leaders is that Jesus said it. He said it. Uh, you can look in Matthew chapter 16. You can look in Matthew chapter 17. And I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 20 um, where Jesus uh, it's marked over and over again. These three passages, 16, 17, and 20, uh, are explicit. They're, they're clear what Jesus was talking about. There are other passages where he alludes to what will happen at the end of his life. And so in uh, chapter 20, verse 17, this is what it says in God's word. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside And on the way, he said to them, what was this private conversation? Verse 18. Uh, See, we are going to Jerusalem, up to Jerusalem. And the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. They will condemn him to death and deliver him over to Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. That's what it said before anything had happened. Uh, Jesus says, you know, why we're going to Jerusalem? Oh, we we got a plan. Tell me what the plan is. You go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be delivered up. I'm going to be delivered up. Uh, I'm going to be condemned. And and not just that, I'm going to be delivered over to Gentiles, go from the Jews to the Romans. And what's going to happen? I'm going to be condemned to death. And guess what? I'm going to be mocked and flogged. And guess what? I'm going to be crucified. But also, guess what? After three days, I'm going to be resurrected. You know, that must have been a great story, right? The disciples, Jesus says, look, circle around here. I got something to tell you. Okay, this must be important. I'm going to rise from the dead. And they're like, Jesus, there's a lot of things I haven't understood in the times that we've been talking and walking together. But this is the granddaddy of them all. Like, I I don't know how that works. You know, I I realize that you can do miracles. But the idea of someone dying three days later, coming from the dead. Jesus, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, And yet this is what he said over and over again. He said, this is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise from the dead. As we consider our passage this morning, that's the backdrop. He is dead at this point. Uh, he is, has been buried. 
but he said that he's going to rise from the dead. As we look at chapter 28, we start with the heartbroken followers. On the, now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Uh, Mary was a common name in biblical times, and you really have this record uh, that they're always trying to identify. Which Mary are we talking about here? Uh, and in this passage, we have two Marys. Uh, they're together uh, at the tomb. I, I want to tell you that last week, I don't know if you caught this, Last week, these same two ladies were at the tomb when Joseph of Arimathea had taken Jesus off the cross and placed him in the tomb. And it says that the women, these two Marys, were there when Jesus was placed in the tomb. Why is that important? Well, one of the theories uh, that some have chosen to believe is that why was the tomb empty? Well. They got the wrong tomb. They just got the wrong. They didn't know which tomb they were going to. And so as they showed up to the wrong tomb that the guards were at as well, uh, the guards were at the wrong tomb, but the, was a, they got the wrong tomb. And so that's why it was empty. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. If the same ladies watched him be put in the tomb, they knew where the tomb was. They knew where the guards were. They knew uh, where Jesus' body had been placed. And so we see these same heartbroken followers of Jesus uh, coming to the tomb at that uh, first day of the week, uh, at the time of dawn. Uh, we know from the Gospel of Mark that the reason that they were coming, they had brought spices and uh, maybe the idea of giving him a proper embalming or uh, as a sacrifice of worship because they were followers of Christ. I want to tell you that uh, what would happen in your own heart if you were a follower of Christ and you saw him die on the cross? And you didn't just see him die on the cross, but you, you saw his death and then him removed from the cross and put in the tomb. And th this idea of being a follower, it wasn't just that uh, they kind of enjoyed listening to his teaching. They kind of thought that some of it was interesting and they read more. It wasn't just that they enjoyed him. They were followers of him. They were disciples. They were ones who were walking after him. They were ones who had placed their hope in him as their king. And so... Uh, they're heartbroken. They realize that he has died. And so uh, with them, they're, part of them has died. And they go, they're following and they're wanting and they're, they're hoping and they're wondering what happens next. We go from the, those heartbroken followers to verse 2, the actual resurrection. And it says this, that and behold, uh, and behold, they're, there was a great earthquake. And once again, it's this idea of earthquake. And uh, for some of you Southern California people, uh, when an earthquake happens and someone says, hey, I, you know, they talk on the phone. They say, hey, I, I, you just had an earthquake. And they say, you know, if you're a longtime resident of California, the, the question is, oh, what was it like? Was it one of those rolling ones that kind of goes on and on? Was it a short one? Was it? Is it a rolling and then a jolt? And then, you know, we have all these different kinds of earthquakes that we've been through. 
I want to tell you the wording here is that for a violent shaking, a violent shaking, and, and this idea that it marks something. And, and as you look at what's going on in the world, you, you see at the crucifixion earthquakes. You see the breaking of, of rocks. You see the opening of tombs. You see the darkness. You, you, you see all this around the crucifixion. And now we see at the time of the resurrection, we see this earthquake happening again, this violent shaking, uh, the way of God marking this time of saying this is not something common, but something special uh, to mark this time by this earthquake. And as as these ladies were there, they have this violent earthquake. And it also says. uh, For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. So now you got a scene that's marked. You have the two ladies, you have the guards, you have uh, the earthquake. And now you see uh, an angel, an angel of the Lord, a messenger rolling away the stone and now perched or, or sit, sitting on top of it. Uh, what a picture, right? What a picture. And now you have the response of those ladies as well as uh, the guards. And I, I love how this plays out. If you look down at uh, verse 3, it describes the appearance of this angel. It says, His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. Even as I looked at my eggs over there, this was not a common man. This shown to be something different and special than what happens in. uh, As we look at verse four, it says uh, this is how the guards responded. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Uh, These professional tough guys who are in charge of guarding the tomb. uh, They take a great route. Uh, Let's just play dead. Okay, in fear, let's hit the ground and act like we're dead and pretend like we're dead and flip out because it's too scary for me. This was it. And that's not a bad, bad idea. You know, if an angel appears to you, that's not a bad route to take. But it's two different responses, right? These Roman guards, these soldiers, they're just doing their job, right? Uh, And it probably seemed like a, a fool's errand that they were on, right? Right, guard the tomb, the tomb. There's a dead guy, the dead body in there, and it's probably not going to do anything, but you guard it, okay? Because somebody's going to come and steal the body, and nothing was happening. And then finally, these two ladies show up, right? That's all, and, and then the angel, and then they uh, go for fear uh, and play dead. You, you have this picture. Well, th- then you have a conversation uh, with the women, uh, it's amazing that uh, you have the soldiers and the women kind of side by side here. Verse five. Uh, but the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. It's interesting if you uh, one of the common messages of uh, angel, one of the first things that angels say when they come is what? Do not be afraid. You know Why? Because when angels show up, people are afraid. It's real simple. In fact, so much so that the guards hit the dust, right? You know, they, let's play dead and hope, you know, when we wake up, everything's going to be fine, okay? Um, it, but 
the angel assures these women followers of Jesus, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And then the message from the angels go, go like this. Angel goes like this. Um, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. As you look at those, that really one and a half verses, that's our message today. That's our message today. And I want you to get it. Uh, the first part is this. The angel said, we know why you're here. You're seeking the one who was crucified. Who was crucified. The angel identifies in the women that they had seen the story. And the story goes like this. The one who was crucified. The one who really went to the cross. As you think about this, one of the explanations of that Jesus isn't real, he really didn't go to the cross or he really didn't die. The angel knew, the women knew, and he identifies this important fact that Jesus was crucified. The second thing the angel identifies, we'll skip over the second, we'll get, come back to that just for order's sake. Um, he, he says this, he, he says, uh, do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. Um, and he says this, come and see the place where he lay. Well, where was the place that he ha had laid? Where, where was that spot? It was in the tomb. What was in the tomb? Nothing. What, what was the place of the tomb for? It was where he was buried. It was where his dead body was taken. And so to put this together, it goes like this. He was crucified. He was buried. But the message the angel wants to get to, I know this one, he, he's crucified, you're seeking. He is not here, for he has risen. He is risen. Uh, that, that this one that you're seeking, he's not here. Go see where he lay. Because the reason he's not here is because he's risen. He's risen. And the angel tells us one other thing that we kind of all have already gone over. He says in verse six, he is not here. He has risen as he said, as he said that Jesus had already said it. He had said this over and over again. In fact, it was the very thing that the chief priests were trying to stop or to thwart or they were trying to get around this idea that he would rise from the dead. Uh, but they didn't do a very good job because he did. He did rise from the dead. The soldiers couldn't stop him. The stone couldn't stop him. The, the seal thing. It was part of the plan of the father worked out in the son that he would not uh, remain dead, but that he would rise from the dead. Did you see in this passage, as you look, maybe you could look down at it right now. Do, do you see what you have done in this passage? As you look at this passage, do you see uh, your, your part in this? Some of you are wondering what I'm talking about. I wonder what I'm talking about. If you look through this passage, there is no self-effort in here. <laughs> there, there's no grand thing that I've accomplished as it speaks of Jesus' death and resurrection. You know why? 
Because it's not our effort that saves a man or a woman. It's what Jesus has accomplished through his death and resurrection. So much of the time we're looking to be awesome. We're looking to work hard. We're looking to be better than the person next to us. We're looking to uh, have accomplished something that we can point to to say, I'm good enough because I've accomplished this. And I want to tell you, you will not find that in the scriptures. The reason that anyone is right with God is not because of what we have done, but because of what Jesus did on our behalf, what he accomplished on the cross and in his resurrection. This is why we can be saved. This is how we can be saved by trusting in him and his message, what he's accomplished. As you look at this passage, you'll see it a couple of times in here and then in the week uh, following as we look at this passage or the next passage as well. You, you have this idea of go, go, go. Because Jesus has died and rose again, it, it's time to go and to tell, to go and let the message of Jesus out. Um, in this passage, verse 7, it says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. The angel's message to the ladies is to go and tell. Go and tell the disciples. This is great news. It, it, it's the, Jesus has died, but he has risen from the dead. And to go and tell the disciples that hope is not lost, uh, that Jesus is alive. So you see them going into the city, verse 8. Uh, so they departed quickly uh, from the tomb with fear and great joy. Great combo, right? Fear and great joy. Uh, joyful fear or fearful joy, whatever you like. Uh, th this, is, this is this idea that the news was so amazing, it shook them in their inner being, in their man person and and yet it was a message of great joy it wasn't something that was a small that's ah, kind of nice but it thrilled these ladies as they knew that Jesus was alive so they went uh, with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples it says in verse 9 and behold Jesus met them and saying greetings and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him what a great uh, response to seeing the risen savior and it uh, to be honest, it should be our response now as we uh, know who he is. We know the story is that we would, uh, in humility, worship him, cling to him. This is what uh, they did as they found Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, verse 10, uh, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers uh, to go to Galilee and and there they will see me. Uh, once again, go and tell. Go and tell of Jesus. That's the resurrection. That's the response of these ladies as well as the disciples. As they heard the message that Jesus had risen from the dead, it thrilled their hearts. It caused them to worship. It caused them to have hope for the future. Uh, there, were, there was another group as well. Um, and I would just title this section, uh, starting at verse 11, Fake News. Some of you think that that was just invented, just invented. It was not. It's been uh, around since the time of the crucifixion, at least, if not before. Fake news. 
another story, an alternate story, an alternate truth in their minds. We've got to have a different life. We don't like what's happening. Let's make a different story. And this is what happens. Uh, these same soldiers, or at least some of them, verse 11, uh, it says, while they were going, meaning while the ladies and the, finding the disciples, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. I like the way it says all that had taken place because I would have loved to hear the words of the guardsmen. So there we were. So there we were. It was kind of early in the morning. And we were guarding. Uh, we were doing our job. We were really doing a good job. We, we were not sleeping. We were uh, guarding the tomb. It hadn't done anything for a long while. It hadn't moved or anything like that. No one was there. And these two late. And then all of a sudden, there was an earthquake. And there was an angel. And he looked like this. And he rolled the stone away. And then he sat there. And we just laid there because we were so scared. And, and I would have loved to have heard the guards. Real, and and I, I hate to point this. But he wasn't there like he he was gone. He was gone and nobody took him, but he was gone. And I don't know where he went. And and you can imagine the guards relaying this and the chief priests and the, the religious leaders going, oh, no. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? We thought we had won. We thought we had won. And yet he is gone. This report of the resurrection uh, was followed by uh, a payoff and a change of story. Verse 12, it says, And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, uh, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came at night and stole him away while we were asleep. This is their way of making this go away. Give them a pile of money. Buy them off. And, okay, I give you this pile of money. Now go spread this story. We were sleeping. Somebody stole the body. And that's how it happened. Uh, we don't know where the body is. Spread that story. Um, that's their way of treating this. That's the fake news that they are perpetuating. In verse uh, 14, they also add, and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. We will give you money. We will give you protection uh, over your poor duties because of what happened. We will take care of this. And so it says in verse 15, so they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. This idea that something happened sometime and somehow they stole the body and some, somehow this is what his followers have done. They spread the fake news and all for money uh, and protecting their own story. I want to give you a few things to consider uh, this morning as you consider the resurrection, that it happened, that Jesus died, was buried, rose again. Um, and that this was covered up uh, by these guards. The first thing is this. As you consider the resurrection, uh, the resurrection was a failure of the Jews, Romans, and Satan. The Jews, Romans, and Satan. The Jews uh, didn't like Jesus' message because his message was, I'm a new king. 
I'm a new king. I'm a better king. I, I'm the Messiah king. I'm the, the savior that is to come. And they didn't like that. And so their plan was, let's kill Jesus. And if we kill the king, no more kingdom. That was their plan. In fact, you see that over and over again. That was their plot. It wasn't just to remove him or to discredit him. It was to kill him. And so they failed. <laughs> they failed. The failure of the Jews. But there's also a failure on the Romans, right? Uh, the Jews were under the Romans. They went to the Romans and said, uh, we want to kill this guy. We, we need him to be crucified. And they said, uh, he is going to be crucified. And so Pilate says, you're going to be crucified. He turns him over to the Roman guards to crucify him. And guess what? Uh, he died, but they didn't do a very good job because he rose again. It was a failure on their part. And then lastly, I'd say this. It's a failure on Satan's part. That he was convinced that if uh, he could get Jesus crucified, that uh, it would be no longer anyone following after him. There would no longer be the plan of the Father worked out in the Son. And as God does, the amazing thing is it was his plan that Jesus would die, but that also that he would be victorious in the resurrection. So we see the failure of the Jews, the Romans, as well as Satan. He is not dead. He is alive. Secondly, I, I would say this, uh, to, to remember, to consider this, that the one who really died, he was really buried, and he really rose from the dead. It really happened. It really happened. And, and some of you struggle with that. And you say, you know, uh, uh, maybe I, I went to college, and uh, I'm that egg with the cap on. I'm the smartest, educated. I took science classes. I even studied some medicine. And, uh, you know, I have a background in uh, health and healthcare, And so I know that when someone's dead, you can't bring them back to life. You know, science proves that when you're dead, you're dead. And I would agree. I would agree with that. Except this is the one who's over science, the one who's our creator, the maker, the maker of the body. Uh, it was his plan that his son Jesus would come as a man, die on a cross, be buried, and then rise from the dead. It's part of his plan. It may not fit into your logic. It may not uh, be something that you can test, but I want to tell you this. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it didn't happen. We have the record of God. We have God speaking to us now from his word saying, yes, my son, uh, he died. He was buried and he rose again. Lastly, I have a question for you uh, to consider this morning. Which story will you believe? Which story will you believe? Uh, I don't know if you saw it. There's two different stories here side by side. There's the story that the women would tell. The women would tell this story. Hey, I, I remember I, I, we went. It was early in the morning. We had our spices. We were going to the tomb where we knew it was. It, the stone was there. You know, we remember we saw the guards and all of a sudden earthquake, angel, empty tomb. This is our story. Rose from the dead. Rose from the dead. We saw that he was dead. 
and you saw the empty tomb. He, he was risen. That would be the lady's story. There's also another story, the story that was made up by the chief priests or, you know, as they collectively gathered those religious leaders. Their story was, and it was fake news. It was a story. They said, uh, body was stolen. That's why, you know, that's why it's like this. The body was stolen. That, that's why you go into the tomb. It's not there because it was stolen. Uh, or others had other fake news. I've heard people say, well, yeah, the tomb uh, had a back entrance that nobody knew about. Uh, you know, and as Jesus went in there or he wasn't really dead and he went out that back entrance or uh, it was a different tomb or it was a different body or it was a different this and different that. And all of those stories, all of those stories go into this fake news category that just simply explains this one thing. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But I want to tell you, um, it did happen. And I, but I want to ask you, more importantly, which story will you believe? Will you believe that there's a risen Savior King? Or will you believe that it's all a fraud? It's all a, a fable of sorts. And, and it doesn't really matter how you answer that question or somebody asks you. Because it's really already answered in your life right now. What you believe about Jesus' death and resurrection, it shows already. And in the days to come, it will show as well. If you believe that Jesus is a, a fraud, uh, that the story is a fable, you'll continue living life on your own. You'll continue doing your own thing. You'll continue spending your time on what you think is important and what you care about and uh, the things that benefit you most. You'll not care about what your Lord has to say about your life. You, because you don't believe that He is Lord. Because you don't believe what happened. And it'll show. It'll show. But if you believe in the resurrected King. Uh, that will also show. You'll live for Him. You'll live a life changed by Him. And not just that. You will live a life that's perfect today, but it will be in process that the risen Savior will be continuing to make progress in your life, not because of what you do, but because of what he does and how he works in your life and changes you over a lifetime, over a lifetime. I got to uh, speak with some folks after the sunrise service, and some of you chickened out, by the way, you chickened out. Uh, you thought the sunrise said, oh, it's it's going to be freezing. I, I can't believe it. It wasn't freezing. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing. It wasn't freezing. It was kind of freezing last year, but it wasn't too bad. But it wasn't. And next year, I've decided it's not going to be freezing either. So if we do it again, you, you know, I, <laughs> sorry, that, that's bad advertising right there, you know. Anyways, uh, I got to share, I got to, somebody shared with me in between uh, the services, they just said, you know, uh, they're 69 years old, and it was their first, it was their first resurrection Sunday, where they believed in the resurrection, <laughs> and that they were celebrating as a believer in Christ, like, and, and you, you put that together, and you say, you know, oh, you know, people, people change when they're young, 
you know, teenagers. I, I want to say this. The resurrected king is doing work all the time. <laughs> he's doing work all the time. And he's in the process of changing people who follow him. Hope that encourages you as we consider where your life is now that Jesus has gone to the cross, risen from the dead. He's alive and that there's no longer uh, a reason to be a discouraged follower of a dead king because he's alive. And he said that he was going to. And so you can trust him for everything because of what Jesus has done and accomplished on your behalf. You can trust him for your days today as well as eternity. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you uh, for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the accomplishment of the cross. Thank you that you did it on our behalf. You did something that we could not do um, as a gift to us. And Lord, I ask that you would continue to have us embrace and cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you do your work through your Holy Spirit even now uh, as we consider what Jesus has done on our behalf. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that directs us in the truth. We pray this in Jesus' name.